as we go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, what a privilege, what a blessing, what a joy on this Resurrection Day celebration that we would gather in this particular place and to worship and to praise and to glorify your name. Father, with all of our heart, we want to praise you and thank you for the events of events that you would come in the form of man, live among us, and then go to the cross of Calvary and be beaten and spit upon, despised and rejected, buried in that borrowed tomb. But praise be unto Almighty God. Death and hell holds you. But you came forth from that grave. And because of the victory at the tomb, the resurrection, your coming, being seen of men, and then ascending into glory, seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us. And you tell us, because you live, those who are born again by trusting you as Savior and Lord would live also. We praise you we glorify your name. We thank you for the assurance and the hope that we have through the empty grave and the resurrected Savior. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. All right, as you're seated, it's going to take a moment of transition. Children, we're expecting you to come right on in here. <laughs> I hope they hear me out there because that's what's next. <laughs> Sherry Osmond, Amy Kelly, and Sherry Lyons uh, direct the children's choirs, and they are going to do a musical for us right now. It'll take just a minute to transition here.
119 tells us why the heavens use no speech and no words and no sound can be heard. Still, the voice of the heavens goes out to the world and the words to the end of the world, giving praise and glory to God. Psalm 19 reminds us of the majesty of God and his creation. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. They will glorify your name. All the nations sing and worship to you, so shout for joy all the earth. And today we can sing to the glory of God's name. separates us from God, but he loves us so much that he provided a way for us through his son. Jesus sacrificed his own life to pay the price for our sin. And today we can rest in knowing that we can take everything to God through Jesus. He died on the cross so we can have eternal life with him. And on the third day he rose from the grave. Jesus is alive, our friend, our savior, and our king.
you. He is our savior, healer, giver, our friend. He has the name above all names. By his name we are saved. No other name is greater, higher, or stronger. His name is Jesus. defeated. We celebrate Jesus and sing of his great love every day. And on Easter we profane his majesty for all to hear. Sin has been defeated. Jesus is alive. He is our great defender and risen savior. We will join with all creation to declare his greatness. God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord.
not be silent. We will worship his holy name. Together we will lift our voices in a mighty song of praise. We have children's sermon. So if you are out there and you are a child through fifth grade, now is your time to shine. You want to come on down. And we're going to gather up. Watch out for the glass. You did. Any other children out there? You want to come on down? We have a special prize from Egypt. All right. I need two people. I'm going to have someone read a Bible verse. And then we're going to have someone say a prayer. Who would like to read a Bible verse? your name? Sophia. Sophia. Will you come on down too? You sit right here. You're going to say our prayer. So, all right. We are going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about, Kaylin, uh, what happened here. Um, this here is a nail. It came from Mount Vernon, Virginia. And this was at George Washington's blacksmith shop. You want to feel it? That's a nail. What do we do with nails? We hammer it. That's right. It goes in. It goes into wood. But let's see what happens right here. So, Taylor, you're going to read here in the Bible. You're going to read Matthew chapter 27, verse 38. So it starts right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then two, two criminals were, were crucified. With him, one on the right and one on the left. Good job, Taylor. That is. That's a good job reading that Bible verse. Let me see that nail here, Miss Esther. This here is our nail, George Washington's nail. Now, what happened here? Um, it says they were. Uh, it says they were. Cru- to, they were crucified. So, what happens when you're crucified? Do they put the nail into wood? Well, they do, but what else, what else does it go through? That's right. That's what happened. Could you imagine? Would anybody like to put this in their hand real quick? Oh, you would? <laughs> so, you don't want, no, we're not going to practice doing it. But that's what happened when Jesus was crucified. He had the nails put in his hands and his feet. And do you know why he was crucified? Why, why was Jesus crucified? Yes, ma'am. That's right. They, they didn't believe. And they didn't believe he was the son of God. So he died for our sins on the cross. And what we celebrate on Easter is Jesus is resurrected this morning. Two days ago, on Friday, he was crucified, and here we are on Sunday, and he's alive. And that's what happens on Good Friday, and this is what happens, the resurrection, on Easter Sunday. So that's why you all were just singing about the name of Jesus. I want to show you all something here. This here is a little gift from Egypt. I have 50 of these, and we're going to pass them out. Now, we had someone from our church go have a mission opportunity to go to Egypt, and inside this little bag right here is a coin. And the reason why is a lot of the folks in Cairo, Egypt, do not believe in Jesus, so they might not be celebrating Easter this morning. So this little bag and this coin, their money's called a pound. So our money's called a dollar, but their money here, uh, their little coin is called a pound. And um, you're going to get an Egyptian bag, 
and you're going to get an Egyptian coin. And the reason for that is to help you remember to pray for people who do not know Jesus. Jesus died for us, and he also died for the people in Egypt so that they can be saved. Who else once lived in Egypt when he was a little boy? Does anybody know? Jesus lived in Egypt. He went there, so he spent some time in Egypt as well, and then he came home and went to live in Nazareth. So that's, that's, our, uh, that's our lesson. So we're going to have our prayer here. Remind me of your name. Sophie, I want you to stand up. Sophie is going to pray for us, and then we're going to pass out. If we do not have enough of bags from Egypt, you're going to get an egg. Who wants an egg instead of a bag? No, we don't want that. We want the bag here. We don't want a Casbury egg. All right, Miss Sophia. Play with it. All right, we're going to say our closing prayer, and then um, and Miss Sherry is going to help us pass out these bags and remember us, remind us to pray for the folks that know Jesus here in Egypt. Then, if you're in second grade and below, you go downstairs to Children's Church. All right, Sophia. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God. Thank you for this life that you have given us and all the time when you are here. Thank you for dying for us. We live with this home happily ever again. Thank you. Amen. Sophie, good job. I'm impressed. All right, here's our bags. So here, we're going to hand these out. Sherry, do you mind helping me hand these? If we run out of bags, they get candy. You're going to see Miss Sherry. You're going to get your Egyptian bag. Here's your bag. And then you'll get an egg. We might, might have enough. It's going to be close. Sophia, I am impressed. You did a good job. And while they're receiving candy, we're going to stand together and sing Christ Arose.
Hallelujah. Father, what a joyful morning this is as we commemorate the death and the resurrection from the grave this morning. We thank you for this. And now as we come to this part of the service where we return a portion of what you've entrusted to us, we pray that you'll bless the offering, uh, whatever it's used for as you uh, have entrusted this to your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles, book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read the resurrection story here on Easter morning. Jesus was crucified at, on Friday. That's why we call it Good Friday. He was in the grave on the Jewish Sabbath, and he arose first thing in the morning on Easter. And this is why we come to church on Easter Sunday and worship on Sunday. It's certainly an exciting time. There's no better Sunday to be in the Lord's house than on Easter Sunday. We have new life. We are saved because of a resurrection that occurred right outside the walls of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And we rejoice and we are excited and we come this morning to celebrate that. We're going to read here this scripture here. Uh, it's uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. You know, when we see this, our eternity 
hangs on whether the resurrection actually happened. It is that important. The tomb is empty so we can live. So I want you to follow along here in your Bibles. After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, as it was dawning, that is Sunday. In Bible times, the Sabbath was on Saturday. The first day of the week was on Sunday. This is why we worship on Sunday. This is why it's important for you to go to church on Sunday, because Christ arose on Sunday. That is the day also when you read the book of Acts, it's called the Lord's Day, and the early church was meeting together and worshiping together on Sunday. That's why, that's why we come here on Sunday morning. In, in, in many ways, every single Sunday, next Sunday was that's the 28th of April, that's actually just another Easter service. And then on May 5th, we're having another Easter service. Every single Sunday morning, is an Easter service because we're remembering the resurrected and the risen Christ. So we especially come today because it is Easter Sunday. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Now, in the KJV, if you have King James Bible, it doesn't say he has risen, it says he is risen. The present tense, meaning he's still alive today. It goes on to say, latter part of verse 6, Come and see the place where he lay. So these women walked into the tomb and they saw, this is where we buried Jesus. This is where he was laying dead and now he's not there. He's gone. He's alive. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see Him there. Listen, I have told you so. So an angel is making this announcement, this proclamation to these women who arrived at the tomb. Do you know why the women showed up at the tomb? They had come there to hope to anoint His body with spices and oil. But what happened was, Jesus was buried very late on Friday evening, right before the sunset, before the Sabbath started. And we know two men named uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, the Bible says. They were part of the Sanhedrin. And they were wealthy men who were secret disciples of Jesus. Remember, the Sanhedrin sentenced Jesus to die, but... They didn't vote along with them, so it wasn't a unanimous decision to crucify and to kill Jesus. But what happened, these men, the Bible says Nicodemus, they anointed his body, and they quickly put him in the tomb, and they sealed the tomb. And the Bible says that uh, the Jewish leaders were worried that Jesus was going to come back to life, so they went and got a couple of Roman guards and made sure they guarded the tomb. And it says they sealed the tomb, meaning they probably somehow put some type of seal over a tomb. You ever been to like a hotel and they put like a piece of tape on it to show it's been cleaned? And that way you know nobody's supposed to be in your room? That's the type of seal they had on there. It wasn't they cleaned the tomb out. They had buried them. They said, we're going to put an ultra seal on here so nobody can get in this tomb. And the angel appeared early on Sunday morning. And when the guards, when they saw this, they became like dead men. And they just, they couldn't believe what they saw. And the angel rolled back the stone. Jesus is alive and walks out of the tomb. But these women arrived. And they wanted to pay their respects to Jesus. They might not have known there were going to be guards there. And might not have known the tomb was sealed. So they probably thought, you know, we'll go in there and anoint his body. But they show up and Jesus is gone. He's alive. 
And it says here in verse 8, So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, Greetings! They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Jesus gave them instruction and says, My disciples, my brothers, they are soon going to see me. So the first people to see the risen Savior were these women who were coming to honor Jesus' body, coming to pay their respects. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then we as believers, as Christians, we're wasting our time. And the reason why is because our faith, if, that, if Jesus isn't alive, it's a lie. And we're just playing some religious game. But we know Jesus is alive. There isn't a tomb you can go look at. Jesus is in heaven, the Bible says, at the right hand of God. When you pray, just like little Sophia prayed, she did a great job. God heard her prayers. Jesus is right there listening to her voice. And he hears your prayers. He knows what you have to say. <clears throat> if the Jerusalem tomb right here, and Jesus was crucified right outside the city gates of Jerusalem, if it's really empty, then everything in our life looks suddenly different. What that means is it changes how we live. Because we now live to honor a risen Savior. He died for you. He died for the people in Egypt. He died for the people who do not know the Lord, who are not worshiping this morning on Easter Sunday. You know, it's past, what's, what we see later on in this chapter. If you read on here, Matthew chapter 28, he gives a commission to his disciples, and it's called the Great Commission, for them to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because the resurrection isn't just for us. Church, it's for everyone, the entire world. The only way for humanity to get saved is through Jesus, a resurrected Jesus. We come this morning paying our respects and honoring a risen Lord. Christianity, it stands or falls on the resurrection of Christ. So on the back of your bulletin, I want you to answer these questions. What does a risen Savior mean? What does it mean to us? The resurrection is real. This is a historical event. This is not make-believe. It's not fiction. It's a non-fiction account of something that really happened. The guards who became like dead men. The Bible goes on to say in Matthew 28, they received a large sum of money. To lie about what happened. The lie was the disciples came and stole the body. It's gone. That was what they were told. Do you know if the chief priests and the elders here who paid these guards, if they wanted to disprove the resurrection, all they had to do was to say, well, here's the body of Jesus. Here he is. But they could not do that because they didn't know where he was. He was alive, and he was headed to Galilee. He wasn't there in Jerusalem anymore. They couldn't show the body. They had nothing to, really, nothing to show for. You know, that phrase, nothing to show for, during Easter time, it's a, a very busy time. And the chief priests and the Pharisees here, they had nothing to show for. They had Jesus, they had him in a tomb, but now he's alive. You know, and it was a reality for them. Easter for us. It's a reality for us because not only is it a great time on Sunday morning to come and celebrate and honor the risen Lord, for many of us, and I've been talking to a lot of you, you're either going out to dinner or you're cooking this afternoon. And we know what that means. That means you're going to spend a lot of money or you've been working for the past two days getting your dinner ready. Have you ever been to the grocery store five times in one day? Anyone? Five times in one day. I'm a member of that club now. Yesterday, we buy our groceries at Walmart, the Walmart uh, pickup where you order it and you go and they bring it and put it in your car for free. Best deal in the world. Sherry places an order, forgets things, places a second order. You only spend $30. So you just ran. So I'm going on back. We get there. She calls me on the phone and says, Daniel, I forgot tuna. 
I have to, at Walmart pickup, I have to go inside the store. Completely defeats the purpose of going to Walmart when you have the place was packed. I get home and they forgot an item. I'm now going to Kroger to purchase, to purchase, this is what I'm buying. It's called frozen shredded hash brown. I get to Kroger, they're sold out. Place was packed, Kroger yesterday. Packed, it's five o'clock. I'm just like, this is trip number four. I'm just going to buy some stuff. I'm just buying random. I, I got diced hash browns. I brought the three different bags home. I get home and say, Sherry, this whole city is sold out of sh frozen shredded hash brown. She looked at me and says, you know, I really need them. I said, Sherry, I'll just eat cereal tomorrow. I don't care. I'm not going to eat Easter meal. Just, I'm at the point where on trip number five, I'll take anything. Every grocery store sold out hash browns. Cannot go. And that's a reality when you cook. When you cook for a lot of folks, you have to go and make sure you get the, hopefully get the right thing. And you find yourself going to the grocery store over and over and over again. And the reality for us, Easter is a busy time. You're celebrating and honoring Christ with your family. You're having a great Easter meal, an Easter feast with your family. And it's a busy time. But it's also a time that we have to remember, church, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive this morning. And as great as family time is, as great as it is to do wonderful things with one another, the greatest message of Easter is he's alive and therefore I can be saved. You place your faith in Jesus, he saves you. Because why? The tomb is empty. Number two, the resurrection is relevant it's relevant to us. 1 Corinthians 15.55. I want to read it to you. Paul writes here, Where death is your victory, where death is your sting, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you should not fear death anymore. You should not be scared of dying. Why? Because Jesus is your Savior. And Jesus is alive. We take assurance and hope, and we know our, our last breath here on earth is our first breath in heaven with Jesus. Why? Because that tomb is empty. Why? Because he's alive. Why? Because he died on this cross here. Because he had the nails in his hands and his feet. For who? For you. It is a, it's what happened 2,000 years ago makes all the difference in 2019. This is why you bring your children and your grandchildren to church. This is why you read the Bible personally and devotionally. Because Jesus is relevant today. Our church the past few weeks has been praying for who's your one. Our who's your one box is straight back there. We have our commitment cards on the welcome center. We write someone's name down that we have been praying for the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. To see them saved. Why do we want people saved? Because we know their only hope is through the salvation of Jesus. That's it. Their only hope. Because the tomb is empty. It is a relevant prayer. The best prayer you'll ever pray for someone is praying for someone to get saved. Do you know someone who's lost? Do you know someone who's not in Easter service this morning? Do you know someone who does not believe in the resurrection? Who's rejected the gospel? Your response is to cry out to the Lord who's in heaven. Asking that God will hear your prayer. Not only is the resurrection relevant, the resurrection requires a response. We respond to Jesus. We respond during Easter. The Easter message, it's up here on the board, it says, Death could not hold Jesus. He is risen from the dead. What does that mean to you? And here's your response. The resurrection means that he is alive among us today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is not someone of yesteryear. We pray and talk to him daily. And when he hears that prayer, he hears the prayers of children. He hears the sinner's prayer when you cry and ask for him to forgive you of your sins. We come rejoicing that Jesus is alive. Not only that, when we say that Jesus is risen, we must emphasize that He's here among us today, now. This isn't some past tense event. 
He's risen and lives among us. Jesus is God who made him, who took the flesh of humanity for the very purpose of dying on the cross and walking out of that tomb on Easter morning. And he lives among us today. The Bible says when you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, he comes inside your heart and makes a new home. That's what biblical salvation is. And not only that, the resurrection of Jesus means that we have a gospel unlike anything else on earth. And everyone needs to hear it. This is our hope. This is why we go to Egypt. This is why we invite our neighbors and our co-workers and our fellow classmates to church and tell them about, in the youth group, and tell them about the Lord. Because this is it. This is the hope we offer. This is why we come on Sunday and worship the Lord. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. Our response to Jesus, Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you ever been saved? Have you accepted the empty tomb personally? You know, the resurrection, it's a historical event of what happened with the Lord, but it's also a personal event for you. This is what exploded the early church. These disciples in Galilee, when they saw the risen Lord, and he walked through the door, the Bible says, and appeared to the disciples and says, It is me. Put your hands, put your fingers in my hands and touch my side. I'm alive. I'm a real human person. That changed who they were. They became a devout, committed follower of Jesus. Jesus Christ should change your life radically. This isn't something that we just say, well, I did my Easter duty. It changes everything, everything about you. This morning, I'm going to always on Easter, we always want to have an opportunity to say what we call the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is a prayer that everyone needs to pray, that you personally invite Jesus into your life. And I want you, if you have never done this, I want you to say it to yourself. The Lord hears your prayers. The Lord knows what you're saying. He knows what you're thinking. He knows that you have responded or have not responded to His Son being resurrected. So we're going to bow our heads. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, just like the children up front here. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this is a prayer of commitment. It's a prayer that we are told that Jesus answers this prayer. And maybe some of you here this morning, someone has been praying for you to be in this service for the very point, at, at this point, for you to respond to God, for you to respond to the sinner's prayer. You pray privately. Dear Jesus, you hear my prayer. You know I'm lost. Jesus, I believe you're alive today. I accept what you did on the cross. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. Lord, starting today, I will live for you. I'm yours, Jesus. In your name I pray, Lord. Amen. I want you to look up. I'm serious when I say this. The Bible says, if you meant that, that is a prayer of confession and commitment. God knows your heart. He knows if you're committing to Jesus Christ, His Son. You believe what He did on the cross for you, and you believe the tomb is empty. Now, we pray privately, but we make our commitment publicly. The resurrection was a public event. 
Jesus appeared, the Bible said, to 500 people. He didn't just appear to these women and disciples and then just go up to heaven. For 40 days, the scriptures say, he saw 500 people. And they witnessed a risen Savior. He walked out of that tomb publicly, walked right past the guards. And we've come this morning publicly saying, I'm here following Jesus. I'm a born-again believer who loves the Lord, and I believe He is alive. We're going to publicly have our invitation. This is your opportunity to respond. Jesus calls us publicly. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to close our service here with an invitation. And I'll be standing up front. David Dell is going to lead us in our song. And we're going to sing in a hymn. Number 256, have you been to Calvary? Calvary, what Calvary is? That's the hill that Jesus died on. No better hymn to respond to. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond to Jesus this morning. Today is obviously Easter, so we do not have any Awana or any evening worship services. It's an opportunity for you to spend time with your family. So it's a great time for an Easter celebration for that. And I believe David has a special song. I'm going to ask you to be seated briefly as we sing this final song. <laughs> 